what's going to happen to your business if you have a cyber attack? Well, if you don't watch today's show, you could be out of business. Join us for this episode of The Inside BS Show. Hey now, I'm Dave Lorenzo. I'm the godfather of growth. And today we're talking about key driver number 10 when it comes to business value, and that's your cybersecurity and your technology. So you've probably seen the show we did earlier, just a couple of days ago with Cyber Kathy, the queen of the cloud. That was a great introduction to cybersecurity. What we're doing today is we're gonna share with you a handful of things we look at when we were first brought into a business to help with the business's overall strategy. Now, this is not by any stretch comprehensive. It's just designed to get you thinking in the right way and to introduce these concepts to you. I have one of my favorite people in the whole world, my partner, Nikki G. Hey, Nicola, how are you today? Hi, Dave, I am doing great. I can't believe we're finally wrapping up this 10-part series. With it's topic been that we like, love, though. It's been like running up a hill, I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so kick us off with the cyber and technology aspects of business and how it drives value. What's your point number one? Cybersecurity requires both prevention and a contingency plan. So let me begin with the prevention aspect of having cybersecurity measures that are in place for your business. Number one is have a plan. So you have to put a plan in place for this. That is of critical importance. So there's so many areas of this. I'm going to walk through a few kind of high points that Dave and I would be thinking about and talking to you about if we were sitting down the exit success lab. One area is data. So your company has its own confidential proprietary and maybe even trade secret data that you are storing at the company. You need to make sure that you have measures in place and you are restricting access to that data, limiting that by position and limiting the type of access to only information that folks in that position need to know in order to perform their job duties. That's going to help protect that data of yours from a business standpoint. It's also going to help better protect you against outside risks. You may also be housing customer data. So for those same reasons, you need to make sure that you're protecting who is accessing that customer data and how it's being accessed. Another area to think about when you're putting your plan in place is going to be your policies, procedures, and practices. And you've heard me talk about this before because those should always be a thought when you are putting a plan in place for your business. You want to make sure that you're thinking about cybersecurity when you're writing these and when people are following them. So think about your employees, for example. We want to make sure that they are exercising good practices that's going to help make sure they're not exposing the company to greater risk of cybersecurity issues. For example, your employees, are they using strong passwords? Are they regularly updating them? Are you using multi-factor authentication so you're not only relying on passwords? You also employees that are likely kind of out there with cell phones, laptops, performing remote work. You ought to be thinking about how are they accessing your system and how can you best protect your system? So think about firewalls and VPNs. Those are just some measures that you can put in place, but make sure you're identifying potential areas of weakness and how you can make sure you're protecting the company as best you can in those areas. And finally, I'll mention backups. You have to back up your data, not some of your data, all of your data. And you're going to do that by working with a cybersecurity professional to know how to do it. It's not just an IT function. When it comes to all of the data in your systems, you need to make sure that you are well protected and have excellent backups. 
They can be backups that are you know, offsite and they can also be by cloud. And you need to understand the difference because there are some risks associated with cloud storage that Cyber Kathy has taught us about when she was on the show. So backups, very important. Hey, Nikki G, did you know you can also get our show as an audio podcast? Of course I know you can get the show as an audio podcast. I'm on it. But does our audience? I don't know. So those of you who are watching on YouTube, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Just search up the Inside BS Show with The Godfather and Nikki G, and you'll find us right there. Click the follow button so that you never miss a show. Now, there's a couple of reasons why you're going to want to do that. Nikki G, tell them what the first reason is. You get to ask us questions. That is exclusive to our podcast listeners. Yeah, we only answer listener questions on the audio version of the podcast. We don't do it on video. So if you want to hear what everyone's thinking, or if you want to ask us a question, you got to download the audio podcast. The second reason, and my favorite reason, is because you can take us with you. You can have a little Nikki G in your pocket while you're working out in the gym, washing the dishes, or walking the dog. I love me some Nikki G in my pocket when I'm walking the dogs. I don't know about you, Nicola, but that's one of my favorite things to do. Absolutely. Take us with you. After you watch this episode here on YouTube, go to wherever you get your podcast, click the follow button so we can go with you on your journey and you can ask us questions. We will see you or more like hear you there. So let me pause here. Dave, what do you think? <laughs> Yeah, I think I think you hit on some great stuff there. The first thing we're going to ask for is your cybersecurity policy. I want to talk to the person who's your head of IT and I want to know what he's doing or she's doing to make sure that all of the employees in the company are trained in cybersecurity. Anybody who has email access should be trained in cybersecurity policy because what did CyberCathy tell us? The number one vulnerability is knuckleheads using email, right? Those are That's where the number one source of attack is phishing attacks, that type of thing. That's how people get in. The other point that I'll highlight, I think your, your, your segment there was really comprehensive, but I will highlight two things about the backups that I learned from CyberCathy. One was backups need to be encrypted so that even the people who are running your offsite data farm or whatever you want to call it, they can't even tell what that data is. They need to be segmented so that if you are housing healthcare data or compliance data related to FINRA or anything like that, nobody, nobody can commingle your data with somebody else's data. And the third point that, that she told us that I want to make sure I highlight is a Google Drive folder or Dropbox is not a data backup. A Google Drive folder or Dropbox is ancillary storage, but a true data backup is a process that's in place to automatically, periodically, hopefully daily, and in some businesses even more frequently, backs up all of your information to an offsite location, protecting it from the environment and protecting it from all sorts of threats. So your summary was comprehensive. I just add those points because I learned a lot from the queen of the cloud when we talked to her the other day. Yeah, so did I. And if you haven't watched that episode, check it out because Kathy is, is excellent. She's with eSilo and she really knows this space well, which is a great segue into point number two, 
Point number two is you need to get assessments done to take a look at what cybersecurity measures you have in place. You need to understand what your risks are so you can best protect against them. So one way you can do this is to have tests that will simulate attacks on the company. That helps you really identify those weaknesses and areas of risk. And you need to be doing that with a cybersecurity professional and also think about counsel. You should have counsel involved as you are working through regular assessments. That way, if you're working with counsel, you can identify if there already is exposure that you didn't know about. And now you have the ability to protect the conversations that are going on while you're working through any type of legal issue. So always important to involve your counsel and your cybersecurity professional. So in addition to doing these tests where you can identify for weaknesses to best protect against them, you should also be looking at your risk and compliance. You should be assessing that. You want to make sure you understand what the risks are that may exist for your company, but you also want to make sure you are in compliance with industry standards. If you aren't assessing that, you don't know that you may be out of compliance and now you also have more legal exposure that you, can be, that you will become aware of and you need to correct that as soon as possible. Finally, not having a plan is great and performing these assessments are great, but you need to revisit it. So this is not something you put in place and you walk away from. You've heard me talk about this with policies, practices, and procedures. Yes, you need to have a great structure in place from the ground up, but you need to be reassessing it because things are changing in your business. You are growing. You need to make sure that as your business is operating, if there are new risks you are unaware of, you are identifying them as they are occurring and making sure you're protecting against them. Thoughts, Dave? Yeah, I uh, I love everything that you said. I think it really makes sense for you to think about this two different ways. First and foremost, you need to do an audit. You need to do an assessment. But don't do the audit or assessment if you don't have the money to fix any deficiencies, right? Let's be pragmatic here, okay? Every good business should do an audit, should do an assessment. But if you're going through rough times and you're cash poor and you know you got holes in your cybersecurity, if you do the audit and you don't plug the holes, you've opened up a whole storm of liability, right? So two ways to mitigate that. One is to fix everything that the audit uncovers. The second way to mitigate that, first, hire the lawyer, then have the lawyer hire the company to come in and do the audit. Why? Nikki G can explain it to you, but then the audit and every discussion you have about the audit is covered under attorney-client privilege after that. So if you take a year to plug that hole and there's a problem in the meantime and they say to you, Mr. Smith, we need to, we need to see your audit. That When was your audit last done? You can say, I don't want to discuss that. It's attorney-client privilege. I had my attorney hire a company and I worked through the whole thing under the direction of my attorney. Talk to my attorney. I'm not gonna answer your questions until my attorney tells me it's okay. This is a way for you to make sure you're mitigating that risk when you're doing the audit because anytime you ask for somebody to do an assessment or an audit of something, and there are deficiencies and the deficiencies don't get fixed like immediately, you've got additional exposure because now not only do you know or should have known, it's provable that you knew. Nicola, why don't you talk about that for a minute? Yeah, I wanted to pick up on that. Thank you. So it is really important that you involve your legal counsel early and in this process because if you do find something, as you mentioned, Dave, you want to protect it. 
You cannot simply bring counsel in at the end and say, well, all these discussions beforehand are now protected because I have counsel. It doesn't work that way. Counsel needs to be involved providing legal advice as you're going through this process in order to put you in the best position to protect your communications and your work product as protected under the law so that those will not be discoverable later on if you do get involved in a legal dispute and that leads to litigation. So let me take a step back here and explain why we're talking about using legal counsel. Because in the event of a breach, you need to immediately have a cybersecurity expert by your side and your lawyer. So you will be working through the issues that are impacting the company, making sure you can get back up and be operational and minimize the harm and damages to your business from a cyber event. But you also need to be thinking about the legal aspects because you may have now legal exposure associated with a breach. For example, was information at your company exposed externally so that now other people you know, are at risk of having their personal information um, at issue, whether it's employees or it's customers. And in the event that happens, you have legal exposure. Now you may have to deal with lawsuits that resulted from that information being exposed to a source that caused the breach. So you need to make sure that you're working with counsel to best protect all these issues and respond appropriately. That's going to help you minimize the risk for your business when something like this could happen. All right, Nicola. So what's the third point in our cybersecurity technology review for key driver number 10? We've talked a lot about prevention. So the, the second main component to a good cybersecurity practice is emergency response. You've got to also have a plan in place for emergency response. So gosh forbid, something happens that day comes, you know what to do. You are not reacting real time. You already know, okay, we've got a plan. It's just like an evacuation, right? You practice a fire drill in your building in the event, gosh forbid, something happens. You know exactly what to do. You know exactly what stairwell to take. You know where you should be going. That's what you need to be doing for your cybersecurity plan as well. So that involves having your legal counsel and your cybersecurity expert on speed dial. So you've got it. That's part of your action plan is already having them involved. They've been involved. They should have been involved from the beginning. So you already have those experts there advising you. Do not start taking steps without using their intel and helping guide you through that process. You also need to have a communication strategy. In the event of a breach, you need to know what to communicate and importantly, what not to communicate internally and externally. So internally, yes, you have to let the company know what's going on. Think about this from an external standpoint. You have customers. There may be issues you don't even know how far those extend yet in the event a breach has happened. You also probably have shareholders and you need to think about thoughtful messaging before you put anything out to the public about an event like this. So make sure you have a communications plan in place so that you are not sending out messages without knowing that you have thought through that and what can and cannot be communicated at this point in time as you go through the process. You can provide more information as you go through it, but you need to have a plan. Third, you need to have a legal strategy. So again, in the event of a breach, your counsel's already involved, but that counsel has to be there guiding you through the process. The steps that you are taking as something is unfolding real time needs to involve your counsel so you are best protecting those communications and, and your actions and work product against later disclosure in the event of a lawsuit, but also their help providing you the right guidance so that as you're going through the process, you're minimizing additional exposure from a cyber breach that has happened. What do you think? 
Great thoughts. I, I think I think all those are great. The one thing I would add to it is, listen, don't be cheap. Get cyber insurance so that when this happens and you're responding to all of this, you're covered. The insurance may help you pay for bringing in a PR professional, a public relations professional. If it's if it's a significant event and you need to have somebody help you craft messaging, they'll cover the, some of the legal costs associated with this. They may even cover the costs of repairing any damage that's done. And again, we hate to say this, but if there's a ransomware situation, you're going to be glad you have that insurance so that you can address the ransomware situation appropriately, whether that means refirewalling your entire system, going to your previous day's backup and moving on with business as usual, or if you got to pay for the ransom, uh, if you got to pay the ransom to get your data back, even that is, you know, uh, something that you want to look at to make sure that you have some sort of coverage. I talk to a lot of business owners who say to me, hey, Dave, listen, you know, I don't think I have that much exposure. I don't think I need to pay the premiums for cyber insurance. Unless your business is never, ever using the Internet, you need to pay for some sort of cyber insurance. I was talking to uh, a gentleman up in Michigan just the other day who's a landscaper and snow removal company doing $14 million a year. And we were going through some thoughts on cybersecurity at the end of a meeting we had. And he said, you know, I don't really need this. I said, why, you don't use computers and they're not connected to the Internet? And he said, no. He's like, what data am I collecting? I said, well, how about credit card information? Do you, do you have insurance in place? He said, well, you know, the credit card company should cover me for that. What if you're in the truck and somebody reads a credit card to you over the phone and you write it down on a sheet of paper? Has that ever happened? And his face turned bright red. And I'm like, get some insurance. Be, be smart. Get some insurance. Uh, get some cyber insurance just to be safe. Because you don't know who your employees are emailing with, what websites they're opening up, and what, they, what some hacker could get into your system and use against you or your clients a year from now. So that's just my final thought on this, on this subject, Nicola. What do you have as a, as, as a parting shot for us on cybersecurity and technology? You know I love business insurance, so I cannot resist that one. Make sure you have insurance in place for cybersecurity issues. It is a small expense for the potential um, damages that can be caused to your business and legal expenses associated with it. So always thinking about insurance as part of any plan. We talked about it here with cybersecurity. We've also talked about it with respect to other plans for your business to help better protect you so you can worry less. Alrighty, folks, that'll do it for this episode of the Inside BS Show. This was Key Driver of Business Value Number 10, Cybersecurity and Technology. We'll see you right back here again tomorrow for another edition of our show. Listen, we don't do any advertising, at least not now on this show. Our show grows by word of mouth. So think about how you found the show. Go out and tell a friend, hey, there's these two fabulous looking people who do the show on YouTube. You can also get it as an audio podcast. That's my favorite way to consume the show. Taking my Nikki G with me while I walk the dog. Tell your friends about it. Share the show. That's the way we grow. We appreciate you so much. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Until then, I'm Dave Lorenzo. I'm the godfather of growth. And she is Nikki G. We'll see you tomorrow, folks. Have a great day.